one week we were hooking up and he was like doing some stuff on me and I was like are you doing this week's story (laughs) and he was like yes and this was a story written by a woman it was a lesbian story so I was like yes I want my straight boyfriend to learn how to touch me from a lesbian woman absolutely Hello, welcome back to Sextras, where we talk about sex and all the extras. I'm Honey. And I'm Maria. And today we are joined by the very lovely Carly from Aurora, which is a curated collection of erotic stories written by and for women and LGBTQ plus people. And it's based on all their real experiences. So it's basically like real life erotica. So we're going to talk to her all about that, what inspired the website, what's good about literary porn, why it's different to other kinds of porn and in some ways better, and also who's interested in it. So yeah, please welcome Carly. Thank you so much for joining us, Carly. We're so happy to have you here. So happy to be here. So we want to ask a little bit about Aurora. What led you to making literary slash a bit of audio porn what was the inspiration behind that well a few years ago I took a trip through Europe actually and I was unemployed at the time and I wanted to give myself an assignment so that I felt I wasn't just kind of drifting you know and as I was traveling um, I decided to go use tinder to go on dates with people and interview them about sex and dating and relationships in their respective cities and I don't know if you know this but New York where I'm where I'm living and where I was living at the time is famously bad for dating so I wanted to kind of investigate is this the same other places mm. and so I would you know, set a date with somebody. And then once I showed up on the date, I would let them know what I was doing. And everyone was actually really excited to get interviewed. Like, and I am straight mostly. So I was going on dates with straight (laughs) men. And I think that straight men don't get opportunities to talk like this a lot. So they really you know, gave me so much information and we got really vulnerable with each other just being so honest because there was no expectation. It was just like a one date and an interview. And inevitably, these dates turned intimate. And when I was back home and trying to kind of write about these experiences, the writing was, you know, half the interview and what I had learned. And then it was erotic. And I felt that there wasn't anywhere that I could pitch stories like this to. Like, I couldn't think of any women's magazines that had this balance of both the story and getting to know somebody and sex. And so ultimately, I decided to create a space for those stories because I thought other people would want to read them. And I I thought other people might want to share stories similar to that. And 
that was like four years ago. And clearly it's true that other people have those stories and want to read them because we have now over 200 stories on the site and by as many writers. So a lot of people submit just one story of their like most memorable sex. And yeah, it's a beautiful community that we've built. That's so cool. That literally sounds like something Honey would do. (laughs) (laughs) I highly recommend it, honestly. Like, I feel that the traveler's mentality and also like giving yourself this excuse kind of to just be yourself and like be curious about another person can lead to really interesting situations. I think we should all do this on our dates more often. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I would love it if someone just started interviewing me about my sex and relationships. It's like all I like to talk about anyway. So (laughs) I'd love it. Yeah, Yeah, you can learn so much about someone. Mm. So the stories that you were kind of like telling of these men, what about them do you think appealed to people when you started publishing them? Well, I think it was... Yeah, the honesty. And I mean, there was an element with these stories in particular of the travel. So it's like, you're in this foreign place, and you're acting a little bit out of the ordinary. Like the story, the first story that I wrote for Aurora is called Two Frenchmen One Day. And it is about um, one day that I ended up having sex with two different people separately. And I think that formerly had been like a really taboo thing in my mind like it's like the ultimate slutty move is like having sex with two different people in the same 24-hour period but it was just like it was natural and it felt like kind of amazing and I actually told the second person that I had already had sex it was like I don't know Maria you might know this about French men or maybe not um but they're like pretty open I feel especially compared to New York men and this the guy that I was with second was like have you ever had sex with French men and I was like well yes earlier today (laughs) and he loved it he loved that so (laughs) I think that that um I think it appeals to people in just a sense of like being your wildest most open self and reading other people's experiences of doing that can encourage your own exploration. So I think the Mm -hmm. stories are really just inspiring to be more slutty or (laughs) uh, seeking more pleasure, you know? So prior to a role, did you like you yourself? I don't know if this is too personal. I'm sorry if it is. Never. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) But did, did you yourself read ever or was that something that you were interested in yeah not really which is kind of strange and has been you know a lot of people ask me about other erotica now and it's like I don't really have that much knowledge about it I mean I read like Anais Nin when I was in college the diaries I mean I think that's a classic but I do have a very vivid memory of being like nine years old, I was a young reader and always like got my hands on things that probably weren't appropriate. And I read a um, Jackie Collins novel and Jackie Collins is kind of like a trashy romance writer in the States. And I just remember 
so vividly the description of like a woman's body and like really wanting to become that and feeling like so turned on at that young age by these words in a way that Mm. I never really was from visual pornography. Like having that space to use my own imagination and my own projections has always been more alluring to me. And yeah, so I didn't ever read too much traditional erotica or romance, but um, I always, you know, there's sex in regular novels as well. And I think the way that I appreciated those parts of books has always like shown me that that's kind of my thing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's more about like the imagination that can come from reading porn versus like watching it that appeals to you. Yeah. And I think the buildup too, I think that personally, I enjoy sex, but what is really enjoyable to me is that, uh, you know, dance that you do with somebody where it's like you really want to have sex and you're like, you know, thinking about it a lot and uh, texting about it. But before you actually do anything, that is the feeling for me of like being alive. Like that's when I feel like my most exhilarated and to me, erotica, reading erotica is like that because you're building up, you're learning these characters and you're getting to exist in that space before they're intimate and get really invested in the story in a way that unfortunately, like most visual pornography doesn't have much of a storyline. I mean, I wish it did because I think I'd be super into it if it, if it did, but most stuff gets to the point pretty quick or the storyline is like so like bonkers or cliche that I'm like, yeah. what the fuck's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's more about kind of like the realistic aspect of it where people can kind of like put themselves in the shoes of the person they're reading about. Yeah, totally. And all the stories on Aurora are meant to be based on real experiences and I do, at least my personal taste is, you know, to read about people that are having sex that like, I could imagine myself in those situations because they're real, because they're like people around my age. Or, you know, we do have some like much older people that have written, which is also really inspiring, like, wow, when I'm like a 70 year old grandma, like I'm also going to be having amazing sex. And that's really hopeful. Yeah, so I think like really just being able to relate to the stories, that is something that turns me on. Something about the fantasy, I mean, there's like levels of fantasy, right? Like there's like cartoon pornography and then there's the Fifty Shades of Grey type fantasy. And both of those, I think the minute that something is like cringy or like really antiquated gender role stuff, I'm like, ugh, and I get... Like I'm not in the mood anymore. So mm. I like to I like to have stuff that feels like modern and progressive. I love that it's all real stories, so you can't get lost in. I guess what happens with por- with visual porn or more mainstream porn that is presenting something that isn't necessarily real or like attainable, and that can be quite harmful. So I was yeah. we were sort of talking about that concept like of 
visual porn versus written porn and having sort of like a beauty standard or a way to look or any kind of standard that is sort of like thrust upon people and I feel like with written porn there can be this like it's almost like yeah it's like almost getting rid of that standard is kind of like okay yeah it's like fit your own one size fits all (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Well, I was going to say, I feel that with the writers that submit stories, sometimes they say like, well, I don't, I ask a lot for like personal descriptions of like the writer's body. And maybe that's just like my own thing. Like I love to like have women describe their bodies and as beautiful. That's so like empowering for me to read. I do encourage people to share their flaws and their insecurities as well and like I think for everyone that's ever had sex knows that sex can be like super awkward kind of messy sometimes you know it's not like beautiful and perfect in the way that a lot of pornography is like filmed with a soft lens and like there's no flaws on the body and like I really encourage writers to be as realistic as possible because I think that, you know, I personally growing up like and seeing visual pornography, it has been kind of damaging, I think. And like when I hear about the amount of women who have had like surgeries on their labia because it's like there's a porn vagina and vulva that's like supposed to be the the pretty kind and like that is just so, I I think it's just really scary that there has been this standard, you know, pushed on a lot of people, um, which is really like, you're cutting off pieces of you that bring you pleasure. Like it should really be about pleasure, not about how things look. So the more that I can normalize and educate people on how normal really looks, like what is normal and what is real, I think that that I do feel that that's kind of like my responsibility um, running this space. Mm. Do you think there's potential for more inclusivity in red porn than visual porn? Yeah, I definitely do. I think that based on who's creating it and that my submissions are open for everyone. So anyone can submit and represent yourself and like, Sometimes I ask people, like, what are the stories that you want to read? And I'm like, you need to write the story that you want to read. Like, this is really about creating the content that you want to consume and knowing that if you want that, other people do too. Um, And so that's like a gift that people can give uh, our community. And like, writing these stories is honestly a really powerful experience that's really it can be really healing and cathartic to, you know, write about a past encounter with somebody. It's a way to like find closure um, for past relationships or just like monumentalize like this moment that happened that was beautiful and fleeting. And I think that everybody has a moment like that. I do. A lot of people say like, well, I don't know if I have like a good enough story and everybody does. It's not about the craziest thing you've ever done, but it's it's the stories that you, you know, the moments that you really allow yourself to feel and 
and take notes on, you know, after the fact, the moments that you can think on and like, you're like, get the chills kind of. And that's something we're sharing, I think, because it can be, it can be really educational. And we talked about in terms of inclusivity, some of the stories that we have, like people have reached out and said that they've never had a story that represented their experience and like how powerful that is. And we all know like how far media has to go in terms of representing all people. So I think like if we can, you know, try to do that with Aurora, then, you know, I wish I had it growing up. I think a lot of people would really benefit from reading stories that feel personal for them mm. yeah, yeah and from the the stories that I've seen on your website it, you're definitely doing an amazing job like I feel like just even looking at kind of the people that you were highlighting of like I can't remember what you called it the new people to watch mm. they were all like so diverse and just like really interesting to see all the like amazing work that's being done in this space and yeah I also think that like I was gonna say it sounds like a really cathartic thing to write about your experiences and like at least from our experience on the podcast it's really cathartic to talk about it and I think pleasure is such a like transient thing or like when you're having sex it can be such a quick fire you have sex and then maybe you think about it again like further down the line but I guess writing about it slows that experience down and forces people to really think about what they enjoyed about the experience. Like it must be kind of a nice meditative practice in a way. Yeah, totally. And I think also a reverse situation of like thinking about when you go into your next sexual experience, doing it for the story, not in the sense of being performative, but, you know, maybe doing it a little extra or like savoring the moments a little more thinking about how you would write it I think that that can actually make you much more present in certain Mm. encounters even if it's something casual it's like how could I make this a really good story and I think that that can lead to a lot more enjoyment honestly and I like to give that kind of like assignment to people it's like the next time you're having an intimate moment think about how you would write it and do it a little extra for that yeah do it for the plot I love that (laughs) what are your favorite stories that you've either written yourself or read from other people There's so many good ones. One of my favorites ever, though, was it came at the beginning of Aurora. And like, I still don't always know like how people find us. And this particular writer, I don't really know where they are or who they are. They've been very mysterious. Like I have become friends with a few writers that we do like writing workshops and stuff. But this person submitted one story and I've never heard from them again. And it was about their first time as a trans man and losing their virginity. And they wrote about how, you know, most stories about trans people and sex in the media are not positive. And the fact that their first time was such a positive experience was worth sharing. And the way it's written is just fucking lovely and like, kind of sassy and like I just I really love this story very matter of fact and I also do love that this writer 
you know, just swooped in and and never returned. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, like, I still think of them. I'm like, wow, what an amazing story. What an amazing writer. Like, I wish they would write more for Aurora. But there's that. One of the favorite stories of mine that I've written is, and this is something I talk about a lot, right after. After I started Aurora, I started taking SSRIs for anxiety and depression. And if you're familiar, those can really lower your sex drive. And so I wrote about the struggle of having sex on this medication and like myself being formerly such like a psycho slut, like for lack of a better (laughs) description, but just like... You know, I created this whole site for sex because I was like so fixated on sex and having that part of my identity kind of in flux and kind of grappling with that and like how to get back to my sexual self. And that's an example of a story that I hope somebody might read and really relate to because I think it can be something that people struggle with but maybe don't talk about because I don't know, you don't want to. I don't know. People don't, I talk about everything. There is no, no question too personal for me (laughs) to be asked or to ask people. I've been known to ask very personal stuff, just FYI. (laughs) But yeah, my favorite stories are the stories that are more than sex and really tell about the people and let you in on their inner lives and their um, day-to-day routines, their secrets and scars, tattoos. I love that. I love like being able to be in somebody's encounter and relationship. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like a really vulnerable kind of exploration of sex, whereas I feel like with a lot of mainstream porn it is quite what you see is what you get there's no nuance and you it's like very visual focused so maybe that kind of removes like any connection to people so yeah I'm wondering who obviously the things on your website are written by women but who do they appeal to and why do you think they appeal to those people well yeah definitely women But I have been saying that I don't really market the site to straight men, but actually they would benefit the most, I think, from reading these stories because they are written by women telling exactly, you know, what turns them on, detailing the like mechanics of how to touch them. And I think that this is a better way for straight men to learn about women's pleasure than watching pornography, mainly because it's just more detailed. Like it actually gives you the step-by-step. When I first started dating my current partner, it was right after I had launched the site and he was like very supportive and like always reading the stories each week. And one week we were hooking up and like he was like doing some stuff on me and I was like are you doing this week's story (laughs) he was like yes and this was a story written by a woman it was a lesbian story so I was like the like yes I want my straight boyfriend to learn how to touch me from a lesbian woman absolutely that is definitely the way to a good sex (laughs) 
so yeah, I, I think that, that that's like that's a really great potential, and I think that everyone could benefit from reading the stories. The stories probably the well, we only have one story on the site written by a straight man about a woman. And that doesn't mean that we haven't had other submissions by straight men. This is just the only one that like understood the assignment. And it's about (laughs) how horny he is for his wife postpartum. She's just given birth and he's really like into her aura and they have to like figure out a way to have sex because they have a fucking baby. And, like, it's a really beautiful story, and I think it's just something that I've never, like, read about or heard of before of, like, being desired after giving birth. So I think, yeah, I get emails. Actually, I got an email last night from someone that was like, do you accept stories from the straight male perspective? And I'm like, I accept submissions, but, like, they have to be right for the site and I would love more stories from straight men it does trouble me though how most of the stories I get from straight men are just not it what kind of stuff yeah (laughs) here's the part where I get out like what not to do (laughs) so you know I think I make clear that the stories are meant to be based on your experiences but a lot of straight men tend to submit stories where like they're writing from a woman's perspective which we don't Mm, need that okay (laughs) definitely not and then stories that are just like feel so written from the male gaze feel like the women are not like fully painted characters and or like active participants in the action yeah and it could just be a difference in like how our minds approach sex but I think that erotica is really about foreplay and unfortunately a lot of straight men are not really well versed in the amount of foreplay that women require so that's something you know anyone listening give me like three pages of foreplay before you get to the main event. And I don't mean physical foreplay, but I mean like, you know, the interaction that that two people have before they're intimate, like what is going on between them that is sparking? Mm. Mm, this is kind of a loaded question, but <laughs> do you think that's representative of how men experience sex versus how women experience sex? Like, do you think they actually don't, value those parts of the interactions or do you think that they just think they're not meant to you know yeah I think that's that's a good question I don't know I think that there's a lot of educational resources that I've come upon since starting Aurora about how you can apply some of the practices of queer sex like as heterosexuals yeah I do think that straight men have been taught that it really is about orgasm and it's, you know, it's kind of archaic. It's about like spreading the seed or whatever. And I, I think that there has definitely been a shift for straight men in terms of thinking more about women's pleasure. Like oral sex is now kind of trendy. It's in shows and it's like, thank God that's an education for sure for people. Like this is something that is part of sex, but yeah, historically, I mean, I don't think that 
men are taught about giving pleasure as much as expecting to receive it. And I really like this idea of taking from queer sex, like it's not always about the orgasm, it's about exploring each other's bodies. And, you know, of course, you want to have an orgasm, but that's not necessarily the goal or the main event. And like, when you take that off of the table, there's so much more pleasure to be had and so much more discovery. And I think that educating ourselves like constantly on like how to have better sex and how to be intimate and like listen to how people's bodies respond to certain things, you know, like there's just, I think endless potential and like we have long lives and sex lives can get boring if we don't do other stuff. So I think we should all be on the lookout for new ways to approach sex. And I guess like literary erotica, even though it's not like necessarily a new phenomenon, it is not as popular as like mainstream porn. And so I think like maybe having that new medium to like explore sex again lends itself to that quite nicely. Yeah. I think that when you are using your imagination, reading or listening to audio, you're opening up new channels and getting out of the zone of how you typically approach sex and having these stories kind of in your back pocket of alternative ways to be intimate. I think that that's like really, really powerful. And one thing that we're doing is Masturbation May this month, and we're publishing solo pleasure audios. And this is people just sharing exactly how they touch themselves, how they masturbate. And honestly, the way I thought of it was I just wanted to know like what other people do. Like, I think I have this kind of curiosity about sex, about masturbation. Like, how are other people doing this? Like, am I doing not the right thing, but am I doing like all that I can be doing? Are there ways to touch myself I haven't thought of? And so sharing those stories, I think also is just really, I mean, it can, it can change things as you do a different position. I think a lot of us just get into this groove of how we do things, how we have sex, how we masturbate. And just having somebody tell you to do it on your stomach instead of your back like that can be groundbreaking (laughs) yeah and I guess it's like not something we're taught at all like how to masturbate or like I guess how to have sex as well but how would you know that there are like all these different ways to do it unless it's just right there on the page telling you (laughs) yeah I think this is one of the craziest things I learned so I had a kickstarter for Aurora and I had had these sex toys donated as like rewards for people that pledged and at the last minute, I found out that I wasn't allowed to give sex toys out as prizes because sex toys are technically illegal for anyone under 18 in the United States. And I couldn't believe Mm -hmm. it because I feel that if I had been gifted a sex toy when I was younger, I would have understood my body so much more. I would have understood where to touch myself, how to give myself pleasure, how to reach orgasm without like leaving that to my first encounter with somebody else. 
And it's like, how is that illegal? I mean, we don't have to get into politics in the United States. Like, we're allowed to have guns under 18, but not sex toys. I mean, (laughs) but uh, yeah, like, it's just, we do have so far to go in terms of allowing or educating women and, you know, making their bodies their own and giving them power over their bodies and I think everyone at like age 13 or 14 should be gifted a vibrator because I think that's life changing. Yeah, mm. 100%. Yeah, I was going to say like I remember finding out on the corners of Tumblr, you know, lots of different things to masturbate with <laughs> that you can find that weren't a vibrator. And like I still use a toothbrush to this day, so <laughs> clearly I it really worked for me, you know, but that's like, I love that about what you're doing with the rule that is, it's not just like a place where you go and read porn to like get horny, but it's also like painting a big picture of a big array of things that that, that could be. And as you were saying, sort of paints a picture of the stories that you enjoy the most are the ones that sort of tell you something about the person as well. And I feel like that's very true of sex. Like how we were saying at the beginning, interviewing someone about their sex life can tell you so much about them. Like the way someone has sex or the way that they tell the story of them having sex like tells you so much. So I love that. Yeah, I think Aurora in some ways is kind of sentimental. And I, as a single person dating in New York City, myself and a lot of my friends I think had just become so hardened and jaded and kind of angry and and just like yeah I'm gonna fuck this person but I don't care about them and that's okay but I think beneath that at least for me was this desire to be more vulnerable and have deeper intimacy but it just felt so impossible and unfortunately I do think that is kind of the culture at this time but if you try to slow things down and try to to have those intimate moments, even if they're like when you're with somebody, but you're the one like, you know, having that moment with yourself and like just taking time to recognize this connection and and the power behind that, I think that it's kind of game changing, honestly. And I think this it's harder to be vulnerable. It's easier to be like tough and just slutty. But, you know, if you do recognize deeper down that you have these feelings that you want to be known or seen or just know and see other people, that it's okay to go there. And Aurora really gives space for that. Like if you feel sentimental or or you want to like, be sappy about this person that you encountered like this is a good space for that I love that yeah that sounds so empowering I love that too is there like anything that you feel like people need to know about a role or like you that maybe they wouldn't just be able to tell by looking at your website or like listening to this podcast well one thing is that I always say we when I talk about Aurora, but it is just me running the space. And I say we because it feels like a community, like I count all of our writers as like part of who Aurora is. Um, But yeah, sometimes I feel like I don't 
let people know that it's just like one person behind this. Sometimes I get emails and like, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm just one person, (laughs) you know? So yeah, just that I'm doing this largely as a labor of love because I really believe in, in the project and I do like love the community and, and want to reach more people because I genuinely feel that it is a positive thing for people. So, yeah. That's really cool. I like the, to know the human behind, behind <laughs> the facade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's so important as well to kind of put that out there. Like we do everything just us as well. And I feel like people can kind of like, I guess in the age of like corporations and businesses like big businesses people think that it's like a huge team but we're yeah. like it's just literally just us doing <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you so much for giving us your time and yeah giving some insight into the world of literary porn mm-hmm. it's not something we've explored before so yeah it was super insightful and interesting to hear all about it yeah thank you do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you find aurora yes aurora's website is readaurora.com and our instagram is also readaurora and aurora is spelled a-u-r-o-r-e and it means the goddess of the dawn in french (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Actually, do I, can I tell the story of how I chose this name? Are you guys familiar oh, yeah, with the, the writer George Sand? It's like 18th century writer. It was a woman going by the name of George Sand. So she could like go into men's spaces and like smoke in public. And her real name or like her name with her friends was actually a Aurora. Oh. So I thought that was like a really cool little, you know, people can use pen names on the site. So because there's like, I don't know, kind of taking her name and making it public because we don't have to hide anymore, except like we kind of do still have to. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, but everyone's allowed to use a pen name if you'd like. So that's good to know that stories can be published anonymously because we all have to keep tidy our internet presence. Yeah. Except for me, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you too. We're past that. Point. More than a hundred yeah. episodes in, we've said mm. enough. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we are way past that. Point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thank you again. This has been lovely. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank so, you much. so much. Really nice conversation. Thank you so much, Carly, for joining us. That was such a great conversation and yeah really interesting to hear about all the ways that literary porn can kind of benefit your sex life and benefit your relationship with yourself as well yeah what a babe we felt like kindred spirits you know I feel like she Mm. (laughs) like we were on the same wavelength on yeah we see the world and like sex in that world Mm. Yeah, I love like the idea of a platform that's like dedicated to just telling people's actual sex stories as well. Like it's mm. not 
trying to be anything expert or anything it's literally just real people telling real stories which i feel like is really important i was reading the like i was reading the taste of stories and now i kind of (laughs) want to i kind of want to look at the other ones are you into reading porn i mean i'm not i don't really do it but like i know i'd be into it like it would turn me on for sure Mm. i mean back to my one direction fan fiction day yeah i was gonna say (laughs) but anyway um i hope you guys enjoyed that and thank you again carly and if you guys have any thoughts or stories of your own maybe you know submit them to our raw check it out it's really cool and yeah as always you know where to find us and that's sex just podcast on facebook tiktok instagram youtube our website is sexlesspodcast.com and of course find us anywhere you get your podcasts and we will see you next time see you next time you've been listening to sextras presented by honey jane wyatt and maria jose hayo produced by mabel productions Thanks.